Hey guys, welcome back. We're going to be continuing on with our leadership series. Yeah, becoming an embodied Catholic leader, but we've got five operating principles for a Catholic leader that we're going to be sharing with you today. What are we doing here, Erin? Um, we're going to be looking at each one of those operating principles through the lens of unique design and mindset. But then really just kind of, I would like to look at this podcast as kind of a a setup, uh, a, what would you call it? An introduction. Introduction, yes. <laughs> one of Thank those. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Introduction to the rest of the series where we break down each one of these operating principles in a much more intricate way. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at unique design through the lens of the temperaments. If you haven't taken our temperaments assessment, please click in the show notes, take it. It's free, it takes 10 minutes, and uh, it's going to be something that's going to help you really dive into this series and personalize it, right? Personalize the experience for yourself. Well, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hey, folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I am Aaron. We are the Ingolds, the founders of Metanoia Catholic, where we aim to make mindset coaching authentically Catholic and practical. We just love to take all of these tools and techniques and share them with you on this podcast. We also train and coach other Catholic coaches. Come on into the podcast. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. What are we talking about today, Matt? Well, we are talking, we're continuing on with our uh, our series that we've got, which is Becoming an Embodied Catholic Leader. Mm. Okay, so we started off two episodes, maybe you listen to those. Uh, the first one that we did in the series, we were talking about how there's a lot of leadership principles that are presented to us as Catholics a lot, or just as leadership principles in general. And they present these beautiful ideals, but then it begs the question, how do I become these things? How do I embody these principles? And the way that we're approaching that at Metanoia Catholic is through mindset, right? And unique design mindset. Why is that important? Mm -hmm. Well, the mindset work, what we find, it, it identifies those interior obstacles to those principles that you want to embody. So say, like, Prudence is one of those mm-hmm. leadership principles that you want to embody, okay? If you find yourself through your mindset work always like operating from, from a place of urgency, that emotion of urgency, mm. well, that's being created by a thought, right? Maybe I got to get this done right now. Okay, well, mm-hmm. that thought may lead to a sub-vice of like a lack of caution or rashness, which is contrary or impatience, right? Mm -hmm. Which is contrary to that virtue or that principle of prudence. And so therefore the mindset work helps you identify those obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an important piece of embodying it. We remove the obstacles so that those principles may, you know, more easily rest in us or making straight the way of the Lord. Yeah. But then there's also unique design Mm -hmm. and, why is unique design important? Well, we can look at these principles, and when they're presented to us, they're presented through the lens of who's ever presenting them, right? So it's coming through their unique design, and so the expression, say, we'll stick with prudence. The expression of prudence may show forth, you know, there's certainly going to be universal qualities for it, mm. but but it may show forth a little bit differently in one person based on their unique design or their temperament yeah. or some of their strengths and how they operate uh, than it would in you, right? And so when you start to consider... Elements of your unique design. We had a whole podcast series dedicated to that. It's God's will leaves you breadcrumbs where we explore what we call elements of unique design. And you start to consider, okay, well, this is the way that prudence looks in me because this is how God designed me. 
right? This is where, and we, we, we come to understand God's design through the fruitfulness uh, and things that are kind of somewhat easy to us yeah. and, and our natural talents or how we're motivated. I was just thinking about this, and I think it's, it's, it's a helpful distinction in this area. Mm-hmm. So we live in a, like a culture right now where the only focus we could argue is unique design and and I'm taking truth and subjecting that to my uniqueness. Yes, conforming it to my conforming it yes, to my uniqueness. Yes. Now we teach and Catholic Church teaches that what we're supposed to do is identify our subjectivity, like mm-hmm. our subjective like design, and align that with objective truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So so there's a distinction here. We are not saying Oh, like your subjective experience, your subjective reality, your unique design is everything. But it is a, it is a component mm-hmm. to all of this, and it's it's a helpful component because how I grasp truth, and it's the same truth that you grasp, right? It's that mm-hmm. objective truth that we're called to grasp, mm-hmm. so that we can choose our greatest good. How I grasp it is different. Than how you grasp it. Yes. And, and, and we how see you this re- with with the saints. Sure. And how you reveal it. Like I love how you bring up the saints and we always talk about how there's such variety amongst the saints, right? Yeah. And how they express God. There's this infinite ex- ways that God can express himself uh, through humanity and and really it's it's through the body. The body makes visible the invisible uh, reality of what is spiritual and what is divine. We read that in John Paul II's theology of the body. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at ourselves as image bearers, the way that Aaron bears the image and likeness of God and reflects that and communicates a facet of who God is to the world is different from the way that I do it, right? And so God doesn't want a bunch of clones Mm -hmm. expressing his love. He wants all of us expressing his love, but his love can be expressed in an infinite amount of ways, right? Mm -hmm. And so we see the beautiful diversity in each person in the way that that love is lived out and expressed. What I love about this is bringing it back to the leadership piece. Mm -hmm. I think so often we think, um, there's like one temperament or one set of strengths that makes somebody a good leader. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. Any temperament can be a great leader. It's just understanding what's getting in the way of you being a great leader mm-hmm. and working on that and growing in virtue. And then also understanding what what uniquely motivates you and your unique desires and your unique gifts and your unique contributions and how you're going to live that out. Right. When we, when we, the danger of not reflecting on unique design is we end up holding an image of leadership or whatever it is. Uh, leadership, let's just go with that. Uh, we hold the ideal up and we try to conform ourselves to this ideal. Well, that ideal, like, just, it doesn't stay abstract. We have it some sort of an avatar. So maybe there's a person that embodies that. Well, what we end up doing is we just mimic that person. Well, we're, we're kind of leaving our unique design behind, which is pretty important because that is, that's how God, that's God's design. That's our design. That's God's design, right? Yeah. And so he gave us that design just the same way that you design a car to have a certain purpose. Our unique design really communicates purpose and the purpose of our lives and mm. how God and the reason why God designed us and the way that he wants us uniquely to lead in whatever capacity he's calling us to lead. That's an important point right there because I think a lot of people might hear about this series and be like, well, I'm not a leader, right? Like, I am mm-hmm. I just, I don't lead other people and stuff like that. But this goes much deeper than just leadership. This, this is you leading your own life. 
you know, you have been given a, an intellect and a will. You've been given these spiritual powers of your soul so that you can take ownership mm-hmm. of what the Lord has given to you and steward that well. So even if you aren't leading other people, this podcast series is for you because you got to go first. Yeah, you think you're not leading other people. But everybody's called to be a leader. Priest, yeah. prophet, king, we all share in that priest, prophet, kingship of Christ in some capacity. Okay. It kind of leads into the second podcast that we had mm-hmm. as part of this series where we, we spoke about the importance of a leader to always be going first. Mm. It's kind of weird for a leader not to go first. Um, the only time a leader doesn't really go first, we have an expression in the Marine Corps, officers eat last. Mm. Right? And so, like, we're last to kind of maybe sit at the table and, and take what's what we need, Right? Where are we spending the needs of others first? But a leader is somebody that is going first in some capacity, whether that is they're the first to kind of be vulnerable or they're the first to break into a new market or the first to they're pioneer. Pi- yeah, pioneer. Yeah, they really are pioneers in mm-hmm. some capacity. Um, and so it's, it's going first and specifically, right, if we're talking about Catholic leaders going first, they're the first to submit to some vision, the vision of something else, all right? So a leader is always the first to submit to some other vision, right? If you're going to be a Catholic leader, where you get that vision makes all the difference. Yeah. Okay? So is it something that the world is giving to you, something that you're just coming up with, your own desires, your flesh, your fallen desires that is coming up with that vision, or, you know, some poor counsel, or are we going to the Father? Are we having good counsel with us? Are we... Mm-hmm. Are we, are we standing on the teachings of the church to have that vision informed so that it's truly a good vision that we're inviting other people to participate in? Yep. Makes all the difference. Yeah. Okay. And you know what, guys? I know you guys, um, anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're not a part of our academy, we take this work and we take it much deeper. Yes. So I just wanted to throw that out there because all of this work that we give to you, it's a lot of, it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But in our academy, we really focus on formation, and we do that through coaching, and we do that through um, through a unique design. Yeah, a really, lot of like these different this, assessments. This element and of you... unique design. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's all there. Go to catholiccoaching.com. You can join the academy. It's really affordable. We want to make this so that it's very easy to get coaching at an affordable rate. It's investment, right? So the coaching is often... Or the the uh, academy is a great first step if you're mm. new to coaching. Just kind of dip your feet in the water here. We also have our journal, and the journal is a primary tool that we have. You can check that out. Uh, that helps you to start to teach yourself a process, right? To doing a lot mm-hmm. of the mindset work that we take deeper in the academy, and we also have a lot of free resources. Even our our YouTube channel, you can check out some resources that walk you through each one of those daily exercises in the journal to kind of till that interior soil and really identify those obstacles that are perhaps preventing you from embodying some of these leadership principles that you long to embody. In fact, if you are not watching this on YouTube, you should go to YouTube and watch this particular episode and see my amazing Florida shirt. It's a great Florida shirt. That I actually got at a thrift store. So it's like Florida in so many aspects. (laughs) You know, I know there's like this older woman named Blanche who like owned this shirt. Right, and she I was just still she was Floridian. <laughs> she probably smoked. No, I'm just kidding. No, it <laughs> smells fine. Um, but you smells can come like and see, you know, our facial expressions. You come act like you're, you know, in the room with us. We want to meet you, so come and check us out on YouTube. One more thing that we have that I think will be really helpful if you have not taken this yet 
is our temperament assessment. Especially as we go through this series, we're going to be talking a lot about temperaments. Through unique design. Right. Because there's a lot of people who think there's one type of temperament that like makes somebody a good leader and it's not true. And so if you want to dive deeper into that, we're going to be talking about temperaments. Plus, you can see our new podcast studio that we got set up. Thank you, Bryant and Sean, for being awesome and, and doing all that stuff. We can now wear lighter colored clothing. Yes. Because the automatic light balance no longer turns us into ghosts. Okay. Let's get into this. Let's do it. All right. So Operating principles. Yeah. So so what we're doing here is like we said, okay, we throw out these principles and we're like, okay, how do you embody these principles? Well, we have some of our own principles. Who are we? Okay. We're, we're Catholics that are just, just like you that have been exposed to different leaders, mm-hmm. reflected on this. Take it or leave it. These are Mennonite Catholics leadership principles that we've got, operating principles. So specifically, we're looking at how does a leader show up? What are the things that they're doing? Mm-hmm. And then we're introducing these principles. We've got five of them uh, on this podcast. And then we're going to be going in subsequent episodes deeper into the mindset work and unique design for each one of these principles. Okay. So introduction here, and then we're going to go into, uh, that's that's the journey that we have ahead. Um and we're going to be exploring through unique design and mindset. I already said that. Okay. Can we? Yeah. Let's so just without do further it. delay, let's get into these principles. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Okay. Turn it over to you, Aaron. Yeah. So um, the first operating principle of leadership is envision. We just kind of came off of the coattails of this these other podcasts where we talk about how important it is to have a vision and that we are submitting to God's vision. Mm-hmm. And so in this first operating principle, we're talking about this this discernment, this ongoing discernment. Like we were talking about, like leadership is an ongoing, it's an action verb, it's continual. It's not like you are now a leader. I've made you, you know, I've given you this position of leader and now mm-hmm. you have arrived. Mm-hmm. No, it's constantly, you're constantly arriving i guess you could say constantly acting towards this and it it goes through the same it's it kind of goes the same way with when it comes to discerning the mm-hmm. vision yeah you are constantly discerning constantly putting it before the lord i love the scripture <clears throat> proverbs 29:18 where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he and so i looked up some of these words Word nerd. What they mean. And it really is where there is no vision, the word chazon, chazon, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. It's sure. Hebrew. Um, which actually means divine communication in a vision or prophecy. Mm. So where there is no vision, this divine communication with the Lord, where there's none of that, the people perish. The word perish actually is the word para which means to let go, let alone, or unrestrained. Hmm. So, okay, let's put that together. So, where there is no divine communication with the Lord, Mm -hmm. the people go unrestrained. Chaos. Chaos ensues, Mm. which I feel like is kind of our world today. Kind of where we're at, a little chaotic. It's a little, right. And then it says, but he that keepeth the law, and the law is the word Torah, which actually just means instruction, mm-hmm. which means we have to have our ear to the Lord constantly. Mm-hmm. They are happy, right? Happy is he. And so I love that scripture because it paints me a new picture. It's like 
where there is no vision, where there is no divine communication with our Lord, people go unrestrained. Mm. People go all, we, we let go of the people. And as if we are leaders, we are, we are called to be leading a group of people in some way, in some capacity. Yeah, the, the, another scripture that comes to mind, I was just looking at this, is another proverb. I think it's Proverbs 7.15. I could be wrong there. Okay, so, but it's foolish is the man that seeks his own counsel, mm. right? And so we talk about here, we're, we're talking about vision. It's not just the, where there's no vision, like where the, people don't have my vision, Matt Engold's vision or Aaron Engold's vision or whoever's vision, that's where they perish. It's, no, this is specifically the Lord's vision, all right? So again, we're building on this universal kind of, foundational principle of, of leadership that you got to go first. You got to be the first to submit to the vision who submit, whose vision you submit to makes all of the difference here. Yeah. Okay. And in this case, happiness, if this is what we really desire for people who are truly happy mm. and not be living in chaos. Yeah. Like we, we can't remove Christ, the cornerstone from this. And again, this is what secular coaching often does. And this is why we have Metanoia Catholic is because People have removed Christ the cornerstone from personal development. Yeah. Right? The very vision. And what's the result? It's chaos. chaos. It's a lot of self-referencing. and Confusion. The, confusion, self-referencing. And what happens is we cease acting like a body because we start to go in our own little worlds, right? It's, mm. it's what we said in the beginning. We start to conform reality to our own subjective experience. We neglect everything objective, all objective reality outside of us. Uh, and what happens? We we actually fall into mental illness, which is what Aaron like when our yeah our subjective reality, our personal experience is well, not conformed to what is actual truth right, reality. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Take that, secular psychologists. All Boom. right, your DSMs. That's ever changing. Ever changing DSMs because it's not based new on realities. any truth. Maybe I'm painting with. Really I, we are. We are. There, we're but. totally judging. Okay, so back to envisioning. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the first. So you you have to be this embody this type of discernment. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I don't know if we told them this, but this podcast, we're just breaking down. We're just explaining each of the operating principles, and then we're going to go on to like actual series of talking about each one of these. these I did operating mention that. Principles. You did. But okay. it's good that you're mentioning it again. I wasn't again. paying attention. All right. So. ADD. So we're going to be breaking this, this concept down of discernment, but it's going to be really fun because we're going to be breaking down how each of the temperaments discern differently. Mm -hmm. Maybe areas that they might be impatient and run ahead or be inconstant or be fearful or lacking hope or in some capacity are just not discerning the best way that they can. Yes. Right. So we're going to be sharing these principles, but then also giving you some stuff to chew on that'll help you reflect on, okay, what's my unique design? How might I start to embody this principle myself? Okay. Cause that's the goal. If all it is, is just head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. It's not, doesn't work, right? You're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're yeah. doing it wrong, okay? It's it's failing to be human. Humans make things incarnate, okay? Uh, so that's some of like how we're going to be approaching this through unique design, okay? And you even gave some examples. Here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you, should I give some examples? I, I think you should. Let's, okay. <laughs> I'm like getting lost with where you're going. Well, I was, I was going to go into how the mindset piece plays into the unique design. Go ahead. Let's do it. Um, I love this description by Lorraine and Art Bennett of what the temperaments are. They've mm -hmm. written all of the books, you know, uh, 
the temperament God gave you, all, all those, that mm-hmm. series. And, um, a temperament is the sum of our natural preferences. It shapes our thoughts, <clears throat> mindset, mm-hmm. ideas, mindset, impressions, inclinations, and the way we tend to react to our environment and to other people. I love that description mm-hmm. of temperament. So, so as we're talking about this unique design, we're also tying in those really unique expressions of thoughts and inclinations and reactions of each temperament. So you're going to want to take our temperaments test. If you want to come along for the ride, I think it would be really interesting for you to it's understand free. That. I'll make sure that it's in the show notes. It temperament is free test. and it's 10 minutes long to take and it's super easy. It's awesome. And the thing that's amazing too is we have this community now of coaches and coaches that are going through, or some people that have just gone through our Catholic Coaching Foundations uh, training that know how to teach these temperaments workshops. And so they're going to their parishes and they're just, mo- it's like this army of people that are mobilizing. They're taking our temperaments workshop that helps people to really start to consider not just what their temperament is, but their unique expression within the temperament. I mean, it's not like we just have four types of people based on the four temperaments, but there's all these unique expressions of how you show up in your temperament based on yeah. God's design, right? Unique design. And so as you start to kind of claim some of those contributions that you have or your motivations or ideal conditions, you can really start to be very intentional with how you go through this embodying pro- process and mm. grow in virtue and overcome vice and pursue goals, all that fun stuff. So that's that's really cool. If you want to be somebody that actually is, is teaching people how to live in their God-given temperaments, that unique design... Check out Catholic Coaching Foundations. We train you in how to do that. Okay, little plug there. Okay, back to you. Yes. So that's the first principle. Yes. Why, why is it important? I think we already kind of talked about this, so we probably don't need to spend too much time on it. But like, why is it important to be always discerning as a leader? But, from, even from our own lives. So always discerning means, if we look at discernment, I, and this is something I learned in my, my certification for spiritual direction. All right. We, we often think discernment is just confined to when we're making decisions. It's like, no, discernment is a relationship. Mm. Okay, so if we replace the word discernment with relationship with God, it's like, why is it always important to be discerning? Why is it always important to be in relationship with God? With God? Well, he's the vine and we are the branches, all right? We cut ourselves off from the vine. We're not going to last, mm. right? We're going to kind of run. It's going to seem like nothing happened initially, but then everything's going to start turn, turning brown in our lives. Okay, we'll so, zombies. So we always, we always have to be in relationship with God if we want to be living in that abundant life. Mm. Okay, So that's another way of saying to be in ongoing discernment with the Lord. It's going to come through an ongoing prayer life. All of these leadership principles we're going to go into, it presumes that, if, it presumes that it's being fed by a deep spiritual life. All right? So this is, again, even standing on the shoulders of that great book, The Soul of the Apostolate, where all of our apostolic work and our actions showing up as leaders, it's overflowing mm. from this beautiful, rich interior life that we have, that we cultivate in a, in a regular life of prayer, a disciplined life of prayer, communing with the Lord, all right, being in relationship. I like it. Cool. Thanks. You got it, babe. All right, the second one, the second operating principle is to own. Own what, you ask? <laughs> This one's a fun one. Answer your own question. Go ahead. To own your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own actions, your own decisions, and your own unique design. So it could be like your own strengths, your weaknesses, 
just as important to own your weaknesses, um, your ideal conditions, your triggers, just own it all Mm -hmm. and be the first to own it on your team. If you are the leader, you have to be the first to own it. Just be like, I own that. There's a freedom in it. I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of resistance to this, a lot of fear. But the worst case scenario is you beat yourself up over it at the end. Mm-hmm. And that is also a choice <laughs> that you so can like own. Beat yourself up over, you know, having certain weaknesses. Right. Or yeah. Certain, yeah. Like okay. you beat okay. yourself up over past decisions or you beat yourself, up, which is also a choice that you get to own mm-hmm. or not. Right. So, um, I love this. I love this one. I love this one. I think the best way to describe this um, particular operating principle is what we call affective maturity or emotional maturity. Got it. So it's like owning what's mine and letting you own what's yours and having those clear boundaries and those clear distinctions. And I just I think it leads to such freedom. Yeah, I mean, that affective maturity is even one of those elements that John Paul II identified in Pastoris Dabo Vobis, where he's talking about human formation, the elements of human formation. And that affective maturity is part of being like a mature human being, all right? If we, we can't have mature spiritual lives if we're not mature humans, right? Mm-hmm. Grace builds upon that nature. And so that affective maturity comes with. Through, through the self-awareness. We, we, we see the work that we do in the mindset work is really uh, part of the self-possession work that mm-hmm. John Paul II talks about and his personalism of really, yeah, there's self-awareness at step one, but then self-possessing is when we're, we're claiming those, those things and we're saying, okay, this is how I'm going to grow in virtue and not be you know, a victim to, or just a victim to these, my current disposition, my current vice or yeah. something like that. So we're going to be really talking about um, two different zones, Mm -hmm. the zone of manipulation and the zone of influence, and how each one of the temperaments shows up differently in each one of those, and maybe some shortcomings that you can overcome by giving you guys some mindset skills and some techniques of how to overcome that temptation to go into that zone of manipulation do you want to speak on that a little bit? Zone of manipulation, zone of influence, yeah. So the we, distinction there? we, if you go to our, if you're a member of our Mennonite Catholic Academy, this is regular language that we're using. So to bring everybody else up to speed, okay. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a visual. All right. So if we look at two concentric circles, all right. So like a Venn diagram, all right. A circle that's somewhat overlapping another circle. Okay. So that there's a little mandorla we call it that shape where the two circles overlap. That's in between them. Okay, so in one of those circles, we have everything that is yours, right? And that includes your thoughts, your emotions, your decisions, your choices, your preferences. Like it, You get to choose what those things are, and God has endowed you with free will and freedom to choose, right? You can choose wrong, but the reality is you get to choose, okay? Now, God didn't just give up you that freedom. He also gave other people that freedom. And so the other circle is what is other people's. And guess what? They have their own thoughts, their own emotions, their own actions, their own choices, their own preferences. Same thing that's in yours. They got theirs that they own. Okay. Now we, we want to live in relationship. And so the foundation of a loving relationship, John Paul II talks about this in his personalism. Foundation of a loving relationship is when two people are pursuing in their own free will, the same common good together. Okay, so say, for example, Aaron and I, 
we have uh, we our the foundation of our loving relationship is pursuing the goal of a thriving marriage, mm-hmm. a thriving home life, even a thriving business, a thriving coaching business. So, to the extent that we have f- both freely chosen the same goal together, we can will that together. We can will that good of the other for the other's sake together. Right? Okay. So, how do we get there? How do we get aligned? Mm-hmm. All right. In that concentric circle, this kind of shows, or the overlap there, this is that area where we can start to, you know, affect the other person. We can be constructive person. or destructive yes, in that yes. area. Okay, so we have, if you look at the top half of that circle, we call it the zone of influence. The zone of influence is where you can, you can operate and influence the other person without violating their freedom. Yeah. Even influence means to, to pour into, inflow, right? So it, it presupposes that somebody is an open vessel to receive it, what we're flowing, where we're going to be pouring into them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's no violation to the cup when a pitcher of water pours into it. Okay? The cup is open to it, receives it. All right. Now, below on that little Venn diagram overlap, we have the zone of manipulation. Now, even manipulation, Aaron, you've brought this up before. Manipulation means to take something in your hands, and an object in your hands, and actually contort it. Okay, so we manipulate objects. We don't manipulate people. Objects like clay don't have free will, right? So we don't do any violation to the clay when we start to mold it into whatever vision we want, we, mm-hmm. we have for the clay, right? When we start doing that with people, it's a right, problem. It's a problem, all right? And the funny thing is, we think that we are actually doing something good and helping this person, but if they are not open to it, if they are not an open vessel, then the conditions for operating in that zone of influence, they're, they're not there, all right? You're going to be in that zone of manipulation, and that will be a violation of that freedom, and they will run, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. They will run the other direction. And, and your, all of your intention to get aligned is going to actually backfire on you. And zone of manipulation can be sneaky, too it's not just like the obvious where it's like this control freak comes in and Mm -hmm. like you gotta do this and this and this and this like it shows up in different ways in the different temperaments and so you're gonna definitely want to listen to that podcast i always want to say like podcast or podcast series because it might be longer you know it might be one or two we get a little wordy sometimes we're about half hour in right now so let's uh yeah let's push forward so yep so we're gonna be talking about owning and we're gonna be talking about that Okay. That's the second <clears throat> the second operating principle. The third is influence. So ah. we're going to go deeper into this this influence way, this influential way of living and like how to actively influence within our within our temperaments. Yeah, influence has a little bit of a negative connotation I think nowadays cuz we think influencer uh, we think somebody that is trying to impress some idea or value whether it's an influencer in a marketing mm-hmm. sense uh buy my product or listen to my podcast got the coach podcast is the best give us a good rating five stars um but that, the, that's manipulation matt maybe all right it depends <laughs> on if they're open to that okay <laughs> but i'm presuming openness all right mm-hmm. if you're not open to it then just strike from the record anyways all right so but it can have a little bit of a negative connotation. But the reality is if you're going to be leading people, it's not just leading yourself. Yes, we go first. We do our own work. That's what the ownership mm-hmm. operating principle is about. But we're, we're inviting other people along with us to share this vision that we have received. And we want to make a gift to yeah. somebody else. Okay. Yeah. So how do we do that? Uh, 
based on our unique design, right? We got temperaments that influence in different ways, certainly. So we're yep. going to be reflecting on, on how that happens. And so if you find yourself struggling to, you know, maybe you're, you find yourself operating in that nagging mode in your family. Maybe you're a mom that just says, I'm always nagging my husband, nagging my kids. Or you're at work and you find yourself just in that place of just arbitrary, you know, tasking out without any sort of consideration. You or just, you're just judging everyone and like passively aggressive and you think that that's going to change their behavior. That, I never did that. <laughs> I never do that. Uh, so, that was a passive aggressive comment. I was not towards you. All right. All right. I mean, honestly, the fact that you're taking it personally gotta tells own something. me more. <laughs> I got to own something here. I'll go journal on it. All right. But anyways, we're going to be exploring the ways that uh, through your unique design, how you uh, are most inclined to influence. So you don't just try to adopt an influencing style that's not you. Yeah. It's not yours. Amen. It comes off as, ugh, you know. Yeah, just, I mean, it, we're really big on authenticity. I was I was just coaching a, a coach the other day, and she was like, I really don't want to get on social media. But she wanted to tell people she was coaching. And I said, okay. Give me five ways to tell people that you're coaching without using social media. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how your brain comes up with them. And like five ways that you would enjoy telling people. <laughs> right. Like... You know, we need to bring your own like actual inclinations and desires into this. Otherwise, it seems weird and robotic, and you 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 probably will show up like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something I learned about myself, my the way that I influence. I'm like I'm I'm not high in influencer talents and Clifton strengths, right? So my favorite way to influence is hire Abby to go, <laughs> to go out and, That's and one spread way. the yeah. word of Metanoia Catholic where she's like number one significance. She's high command. She's high activator. And but she's like, you mm. influence through, through creating like a vision, creating that, a vision that and people want to get behind yep. like in mm-hmm. storytelling. Like that's how you influence. So it doesn't matter if you're high or low in, in influencing strengths and it, there is a certain way that you can do it. Yes. And I think it's just, diving in and finding that customizable way that you influence others all right so if you want to learn your customizable way hit the like Come and on, subscribe button hit the like <laughs> hit them did i slur my words a little bit there Come <laughs> hit the like and subscribe button so that you can get these episodes when they hit okay that's the plug all right next leadership operating principle Optimize. Optimize. I also like the word maximize. We'll probably use those interchangeably. But like optimizing your resources. That is a huge, um, I was going to say relationship. That's a huge leadership like ability. <laughs> Why are you smiling? <laughs> so I was thinking about the acronym that we're, we're slowly building, <laughs> building out. And <laughs> it's like I'm... Because <laughs> we had... Because <laughs> Matt... <laughs> Because <laughs> Matt is a Marine and they have to make everything into an everything acronym. Everything in an ac- acronym. All right. Well, um, so, anyways, we'll, we'll get to Don't that. Don't worry about it. We'll get to that. There's a reason why we made it five and not six. <laughs> Go ahead. Optimize and or max. <laughs> Sorry. It was <laughs> just saying. Just say what. Well, I, I was thinking. I was just like, "How can we make this work?" Right? We've got five things, and we have this an O and an O and an I and a, a E and a P, and I was just like, "Poopy." 
Is that what we want our <laughs> leadership operating <laughs> principles to be poopy? All right. This is like, but we need another P for that. So okay. anyway. Yeah. So uh, since this is pooey right now, I guess, <laughs> or op- op- opioid or something. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's. All right, so it's me trying to optimize and maybe not. Okay, that's a poor example there. Talk, tell us about optimizing, okay, Aaron. Cool. Um, getting the most out of your resources mm-hmm. and becoming resourceful. That, like, that is such an aspect. That is um, such a character trait. It's what leaders do. Yes, they optimize. Right. So it's like here's all your clay that you have. How many things can you kind of create out of this and how do you maximize your influence your effort your staff how do you maximize every everyone yeah we invite you and this is why unique design is such a great thing to explore because really what you're exploring what are the talents that god has given you think of the parable of the talents in scripture use all of those talents when we're burying talents in the sand doesn't bode well for us like you wicked lazy servant that's bad gnashing of teeth like all that (laughs) ouch (laughs) it's like that's rough so if we're if we're not aware aware of them we are going to be inclined to bury them you're like my gnashing of teeth (laughs) always Um, comes up in the middle of mass and i just gnashing of teeth what is it it's like like That's what uh, I think too. Now, now, since Matt has put that visual in my mind, I think that too every time. So okay. I chuckle a little bit, even though we're all supposed to be really afraid of it. So, it's like so continue to be afraid. Sorry about the visual. Okay, right. optimize. These are the the things. So optimize your team members. Optimize your own strengths, your own abilities. Optimize the attitude mm-hmm. within your team. Like if you're business owners, like us. Optimize the attitude, the focus, the time, the money, the energy. Mm -hmm. All the resources. These are resources that have been given to us to steward well. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of our lives, we can say we did the most to optimize and maximize these things. Um, And really... Oh, what were you going to say? No, Sorry. I would say like how this has played out even in our own small team at Metanoia Catholic. I, I just know Abby is just like, she is so good. If like focus is a resource, she's really good at optimizing our focus. And so part of even bringing it back, like Aaron and I as a leader, leaders of the team, like we, when Abby's like, let's get back on track here. We're like, the visionaries. Okay, she's got that. Yeah. She's got that gift. And so there's, there's kind of even submitting to her having that gift of being able to focus us and be like, before we can move on to a pro, uh, another thing, she's like, no, this isn't, well, this isn't buttoned up yet. Yes. Like the, we need to button this up. She did that the other day in a meeting and it was great. We just kind of paused. We took 10 minutes. We got done. She was so happy afterwards. Right. Yeah. But she helped us steward our focus. Well, Hannah's excellent at helping us steward our time. Well, yes. I would say. Yep, that's her discipline. High, high discipline. Bryant is great at helping us to spend money no, on tons no. of things. No, he Bryant's optimized listening. the space, no. though. I mean, he... We optim- he does. He optimizes space. Yeah. He's really good at resource management. I think he's really good at taking, like, what are the things that we have? I'm joking there with the, the spending money, even though he's just like, I don't know, spend more money. It's like, okay. But, like, every investment, <laughs> he's really good at saying, okay, if we make the small investment over here, this is, like, well, yeah. what we're going to get in return. He optimizes so, that. Yeah. For it, sure. It's, it's excellent with that, the resource management. Okay. So, like, all of those things, like, when Aaron and I acknowledge those gifts that our team brings to the table, 
then they choose, they start to live in those gifts, or we make space for them to live in their gifts more. It actually enhances right. the the whole team is elevated at, at that point. So this is an example. Now, how you would go about doing that as a cleric or a, a phlegmatic, or based on your mm-hmm. temperament, so what we're going to be exploring in the follow on podcast. We're also going to be exploring the people. Like if you are working with the team, it's really helpful for you to know other people's temperaments. Mm-hmm contributions strengths and weaknesses and not put them in that position not put them in a position where it's going to take a lot more effort for them to get that job done oh goodness so like church we do this we do oh, yeah. this so it, much really where it's really just like a warm body will suffice where it's just like okay the task has to get done and we just start to oh, look here's at somebody who has the same interest in the mission that we have right like oh okay you'll be great in administration no they won't no. right even if they know Excel, they might, they, please never put me in a position of administration. No, I can't. Like, I would just like, <laughs> never put me in a position uh, where I have to count numbers, keep receipts, do Excel spreadsheets. Please, no, don't, don't do it. It's not the best way to optimize. Not the unique design. You know what? We tried, folks. We tried to be like, it was okay, terrible. Hey, I don't gonna- even check my email. Like, I think I have 600,000 emails. You do, Google. because they all are automatically forwarded to me. All so right. Matt is really good about that, and I'm like happy to give him that, that task. So this is where I think as leaders of the team, managing your team, mm-hmm. optimizing your team, and going, oh, here's a gap of ours. Here's an area where we need a little more focus. Abby, can you do that? Yes, that's... Right? I'm really excited about that episode. Yeah. Like putting, finding the gaps and putting the right people in the gaps. It's so fun. And guess what? When they're good at it and it's a strength of theirs and it's their temperament and their contribution, they are so happy to do it. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't like doing it doesn't mean that they don't. Think of all the things that you hate doing at home. There's people who want to do it. There are some people that God has designed to love doing those things. They may be on your team already right? doesn't mean that we're always going to be in a place where like, we're just constantly doing everything that we love doing. Right? Yes. Like that's, that's, it's, it's not realistic. Okay. Sometimes it's just like there's, there's growth in just doing the things that we, you know, embracing the suck and doing the things that we don't like to do. And by the way, this can be applied to not only teams, um, it can be applied to, well, volunteer teams, mm-hmm. but also it could be applied to family members. Mm-hmm. When you know like your kids who are the cheerleaders, right? They're the ones who are like, go, go, go. They're the encouragers. Like you want them getting everybody rounded up. You want the sanguines getting everyone excited about cleaning the house, <laughs> right? And making it fun. Like that is actually a task that you could give to one of your sanguine children. Right. You're like, maybe you won't finish and complete this thing, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, your melancholic or cleric brothers and sisters, and they probably will. If you, especially if you make it into a game that they can win, all of your cleric brothers and sisters would love that. There you go. Get the sanguines out there, getting everybody as a starting out of the starting blocks. Yeah. Go. Make sure they pass that baton or else they'll just leave it. So you can apply this to whatever group you're in. I think it's really helpful. Good. Okay. And finally, we've got our P for poo, pooey. <laughs> all right. Is produce, right? Produce something. So. This like, is how we make like leadership incarnate. Yes. Like right? human leadership makes the invisible visible. Okay. Mm-hmm. If all we're doing is keeping something in our head or keeping something abstract outside of the sensory experience, 
I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. good. You can right. hear me. Um, it is. It it's it's kind of more angelic leadership. I don't know. Like it's a, it's not human. It's it's just it's lacking in in the the fullness of what it means to be human. So it's it's not necessarily making Christ's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, mm. right? And so we we want with our leadership to receive this vision, allocate the resources properly, optimize, influence, uh, influence people, um, go into our ownership, doing our own work. Um, and then, but finally, it's, it's towards the end of making that vision visible for other people to experience. Mm-hmm. And really, if this vision is coming from God, it's, there's something sacramental in what you're sharing with people. It becomes an icon that people can look upon or they can interact with, whether it's a service, whether it is the way that you set your home up or mm-hmm. a, a play that you write, a book that you write, a podcast that you produce where it's, there is a partaking in something that is of divine origin, mm. right? There's grace. There's a blessing that's in that. It is is actively making thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, which is pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I like saying two things, producing value and producing results. And I guess you could put those together, producing mm-hmm. valuable results, right? And And other people will let you know if it's valuable. But mm-hmm. like also to not be afraid to produce things that other people don't find valuable just continue to produce like continue to to create because creating is such a it's such a beautifully unique human privilege that we can co-create with god Mm -hmm. that the lord gives to us a vision we can bring others with us we can go hey let's all create this together and then we get to co-create with God and make something incarnate. How beautiful that mm-hmm. we get to do that. Like what like a, a magnificent privilege that we have. Yeah. Um but if it just stays up here, mm-hmm. it we don't produce anything. We don't and, and I don't want you guys to think that this is like an objectification like produce, 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 like like this communistic type of like you are the sum of your production. No. But it is an overflow of your conversation with the lord your prayer with the lord and your unique design that's really what like this overflow Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. like i said i'm like do not give me excel spreadsheets but i can write five podcasts you know like in in an hour Mm -hmm. like i i can produce content Mm -hmm. way quicker than i think a lot of other people that that is just an example of my of my yeah. Unique design you overflow. Sit, you can sit down and you can coach nonstop for like. Yes. For hours. For hours and, and not be exhausted by it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually invigorated by it. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So that's our final operating principle. That's kind of how you know the leadership and, and also helps you judge the fruits, right? Mm-hmm. So you judge a tree by its fruits and you're like, okay, if we were producing something that is rotten fruits. Maybe we need to go all the way back to that vision and yep. go back to that discernment space yep. and and look at each one of these operating principles. Maybe the discernment was right on, but maybe you're maybe you're manipulating people unknowingly. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're not just lovingly influencing yeah, them. Maybe or there's something not, you gotta own. You're right. Or you're not owning your own stuff. And so the mishap happens somewhere. But mm-hmm. the production, I think, is is that final result that you can hold up and and really discern mm-hmm. really yeah, yeah. The end you of know it. you know a tree by its fruits that's a, 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 that's matthew 
right? I, certainly, yeah. It's the book of Matthew. I think I it's think in, in the Bible. It's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruits, all right? So you got to look at that. Um, but the, the way that you produce is going to be through your unique design, okay? Mm-hmm. So some people are more going to be more inclined to like really want to be hands-on with a project and get it done. Some people are going to be... Uh, producing a lot of excitement around and a ideas prod- a product they might be the idea people yeah, the idea people um i mean <laughs> I like of I, jim curly oh at, yeah at we always the think church. Of our, our buddy jim who like had this amazing idea of having this little chris kindle market it was like one of the greatest i'd say like highlights of my life yeah was putting on this chris kindle market in december in upstate new york where it's like freezing out but it was like all the smells and bells of christmas is really this immersive experience and he had this amazing idea, and we're like, oh, this is so cool, and we got a committee together and everything, and then like... He never we, showed we up. We didn't see Jim until we needed somebody to bartend at the Chris Kindle market, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was and like... He, he always goes... He was even the second remember bartender. remember when I had the best idea ever, and we're like, yeah, and you didn't show up at anything <laughs> until, until like, we needed you. He shared a vision, right? And then we took but it I can and we ran with it. That. That's totally me. It was, it was great. Yeah, so it was... <laughs> But we're we the same up. but still that is that is somebody showing up in their unique design and making a contribution and no contribution is too small we're, we need everybody's contribution if you're producing something that doesn't need anybody else's contribution it's probably not going to be that great it's probably not going to be that great because i don't think the lord incentivizes production that comes from a place of being independent from the, bo- the body of christ mm. all right that's just an assumption he's always calling prayed that we might be one as he and the father are one Therefore, we suppose that, uh, or the premise is that we're going to be operating with other people to do this, to bring about this work. And then we get to share mm-hmm. in all of that together, okay? Uh, and then what are the mindset obstacles that are standing in the way of, of productivity? Again, we're going to be looking at this through unique design, and then, mm-hmm. Aaron, we're going to be exploring, okay, like, this is how the, the melancholic produces, but also these are some of the things, the mindset obstacles that stand in the way of the melancholic, yep. of, like, stepping into that way that they produce. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's a journey for the next couple of weeks here, folks. It'll be fun. So if you want to come with us, once again, go take the temperaments assessment. If you haven't already taken it and don't know your temperaments, um, so you will receive an answer. It'll be like your primary temperament and then your secondary and tertiary and whatever, fourthary. Tertiary. Tertiary. Whatever. Or whatever. All right, Steve Brill. Okay. Um, so yeah, you take the temperance assessment again, we'll make sure that is in the show notes. Um, but also I just want to put a little plug here. I, in fact, today as we're recording this evening, I'm launching my pilot program, small group, 12 men going through, uh, what we're calling the personal compass course. All right. And so mm. this is going to be like a, a systematic deep dive into the elements, your personal elements of unique design. Okay. Uh, it's awesome. I think it's going to be the right lung to the left lung of our mindset work at yeah. Metanoia Catholic because it's not just it's not just doing mindset work. We have to consider that unique design that's so important to really becoming well, who we are. That directly impacts the mindset work, mm-hmm. right? That yep. directly gives you the yes. mindset work for you to yep. work on. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be refining that and we're going to be opening that up. Uh, and so that's going to be something that everybody at some point in their life, I want, I, I hope they, they can go through it. All right. But we want to really mass produce that and give people the opportunity to do it either in a seminar or do it mm-hmm. online or, you know, one-on-one with a coach, something like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, in review, 
We got. Okay, so we went through our pui, right? <laughs> our, our five leadership principles, right? We started off with envisioning, <laughs> right? Being the first. Being the first. Thanks, babe. Uh, being first to envision, right? And we want to make sure that we're going to the Lord, right, with that, uh, with that vision. Uh, then we want to own our stuff, right, our mindset, our flaws, our contributions, our gifts, our talents, own our weaknesses. All. Own all of it, right, um, so that it can be made a gift. We want to uh, understand how we influence. A leader is always influencing other people to adopt. They're wooing people to adopt this vision uh, that presumably is a fit. It's for their good, right? It's that foundation. We're operating from that foundation mm-hmm. of a loving relationship. And creating. also giving the person free will yep. to choose yes or no, right? Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're optimizing we're our resources constantly as leaders, okay? So the resources are like the clay that we're working with to actually bring the vision to like to the world, make his thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All right. So we want to do that with the clay, the talents, the people, the resources, everything that God has given to us, always respecting people's freedom in the process. And finally, we're producing something so that we have something that can be made a gift to somebody else because man cannot know himself except through the sincere gift of self. As we read in Garimetzbez, we quote that one quite a bit, just like JP2 did. So, um, we embody these through the natural expressions of who we are, right? Yep. Our unique design. And so, and then the mindset certainly will be a lens uh, in how we uh, embody these principles. So that's the journey ahead. This is going to be a really fun journey. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. I think you're going to walk away with something, you're at girl. least one, yeah. one thing to walk away with. So um, come along with us. Let's have fun. And it's good to be back. We took a little bit of a break Good to be back. That's all I got. It is. In this nice new studio. Yay. The end. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Blessings. We'll see you next time. Like and subscribe. Hey, guys. If you liked what you learned here today, consider joining our academy where you can take all these tools and learn how to apply them to your life supremely practical stuff and you get coached along the way in the process you are not by yourself we hope to see you in there